0: Welcome to Thank Fucking God It's Friday. I'm Drew Toko.
1: And I'm Katie Parker.
0: And we are here to travel back in time and relive the wonderful world of 90s TV, one show at a time.
1: So on this podcast, we'll be going through lots of different 90s TV shows. um, Everything from SNCC and TGIF, things from... ABC, NBC, basically everything that we watched as kids. And we'll be talking about a couple episodes from each and reliving our specific memories with these shows as well as um, anything else that kind of comes up along the way. We're both definite 90s kids, and so that's why we decided to take this nostalgic trip. I think there's a lot of people that are like us, and hopefully um, this is a good way to relive our childhoods. So, Drew, you and I grew up separate um, cities, separate states. Opposite what,
0: sides of the country.
1: Opposite sides of the country. Um, I'm from Seattle, and you live here now. And where are you from?
0: Uh, originally from Michigan. Lived there for the first 25 years of my life. <laughs> and then the last five years out here, away from the snow.
1: So, probably ours. Uh, childhoods were somewhat similar just given the fact that we grew up at the same time, but what TV shows did you watch when you were a kid?
0: A lot of the time I just watched Nickelodeon, whatever happened to be on I know that I'd watched a lot of Hey Arnold, uh, a lot of the Rugrats a lot of Wild and Crazy Kids and I just remember watching Guts all the time and just watching those kids and every time I'd watch a show I would think they have to be choosing the least athletic kids possible for it (laughs) Is they were so bad at it? They were attached to strings and they couldn't. I don't know. Uh, watched a lot of that, and then as things kept going on, you know, got a little older, started watching South Park, other shows that you know were supposed to be for for older kids and stuff. <laughs> um, what about you?
1: Um, Going off of that, I mean, my favorite show growing up was definitely Friends, and that started in 1994 when I was nine years old. I don't know why my parents let me watch that, but I watched it from the beginning. Probably didn't get a lot of the jokes that I now get, which is probably a good thing, but um, yeah, I just watched a lot of that. Definitely a lot of Nickelodeon. We had Nickelodeon, I think... Think pretty much my entire childhood. I remember watching shows that a lot of people don't necessarily remember, like Welcome Freshmen and 15.
0: No idea. <laughs> Never even heard of them.
1: Yeah. Um, so I remember specifically with 15, I was like, I'm gonna watch this show that I'm not allowed to watch because I'm not 15. <laughs> and then after that, I watched more Disney Channel. I think we probably got the Disney Channel a little bit later. Um, but and
0: I don't remember ever watching the Disney Channel,
1: yeah. And uh, I mean, that was probably more in the 2000s, but I mean, also not that long because by that time I was like 15. So, and I definitely watched basically all of the must see TV, um, on NBC, a lot of um, shows that were the ABC sitcoms. Basically, if it was a sitcom and it was in syndication on USA or something, I watched it. I pretty much don't remember a time when I either wasn't watching TV or playing outside as a kid, so definitely would watch a lot of shows. So I have a list of them that we're going to potentially cover on this show, and it is extensive.
0: The first time I saw it, mostly I just looked at it and was amazed by how many shows I had never even heard of and thought that... I, I thought you made them up.
1: Yeah, I can't believe that you haven't heard of some of them, like Blossom. Who hasn't heard of Blossom? (laughs)
0: <laughs> that was one of the Powerpuff Girls, I'm pretty sure.
1: <laughs> I mentioned that one to uh my sister mm-hmm. yesterday and she couldn't believe that you hadn't seen that.
0: <laughs> it's not a real show.
1: <laughs> was there um anyone that you wanted to be on TV?
0: I really wanted to be like from uh well Alex Mack from the Secret World of Alex Mack.
1: <gasps> that was mine. <laughs> because yeah, well
0: in your face. uh because she could just melt herself and go wherever she wanted and she did not use that power as well as she could. I also remember watching a lot of Animorphs and reading the Animorphs books and wishing that I could turn into an animal, but I would 100% go over the rule of being in an animal for two hours, and I would have been stuck as it. That was so the rule? That was the rule. You After two hours, if you didn't change back, because that was what happened to Tobias, he stayed as a peregrine falcon, and then he was stuck as a peregrine falcon, and I don't want to get into the mythology of Animorphs, because I'll go into it a lot, and I'm remembering way more than I thought.
1: I don't think I ever saw that show. I remember the books, but I, I don't even know if I necessarily rem- watched them. I, I remember the covers of them that had the kid and like slowly like through whatever digital photos yeah. photoshopping they did turning into a animal. Um, but I def I don't think I really oh, okay. read those ones.
0: If it was a special if it was a special book, then it would be like a holographic oh. on the front and it would change. <laughs> And it was great. Oh, those were, those were the best ones.
1: I saw a cover of one recently. I don't know if it was a book or maybe like something affiliated with the TV show, but it was a girl who turned into a starfish, which seems like that the worst. That would have worst. been Rachel.
0: Uh, I'm pretty sure that would have been Rachel turning into a starfish. I don't know if I remember why. But yeah, because they got the power by touching the animal.
1: Oh. And
0: like, there's so many better ways and better thinking... Just go to any, go to any place where you can ride dolphins, touch the dolphin. Yeah. And that's it, like starfish. That's the only way she'd take her hours to find a way through.
1: Oh my gosh. Cause I don't, I mean, I guess starfish can move, but very slowly, I would imagine.
0: Yeah. She would run out of those two hours very fast.
1: (laughs) That seems ridiculous. Um, Anyways. (laughs) Anyway, today we're going to talk about Pete and Pete, which is one of my favorite shows for sure. I actually own the first two seasons on DVD. They never released the third one. I was kind of looking at why the third season never came out, and it sounded like it just got postponed indefinitely, according to Wikipedia. Um, It sounds like they were recorded, they did all the commentary tracks, they were pressed, and they're sitting in a warehouse where I can't access them. So, I have Seasons 1 and 2.
0: Was Season 3 ever on TV?
1: Yeah, Season 3 was on TV. Okay.
0: Yeah. See, Um, I don't remember these things.
1: Oh, uh, Season 3 was pretty good. It's when they're a little bit older and stuff, obviously. But, yeah. We're going to be talking about, well, one episode from Season 1. But first, we're going to talk about an episode that was actually aired as a special. They did these five specials before they actually did the TV show. So... Pete and Pete started as one-minute shorts on Nickelodeon. They would be the little interstitials in between different TV shows, and then they eventually made it into its own show. So the five specials were first, and those, I believe, started around like 1991, and then the show itself started in 93. And if you're not familiar, um, it is about a family And they live in Wellsville. Um, It's unclear where Wellsville is, but generally, I think most people think it's around New York. It was. I always
0: picture it in Ohio. Watching it, I feel like it's Ohio. Oh, really? Yeah, because it seems like
1: (laughs) it was filmed in New Jersey. Yeah. So it's about a family, um, two sons um, named Pete and Pete, obviously. (laughs) Um, There's Big Pete and Little Pete, and. Pete has, little Pete, has a best friend named Artie um, who is his personal superhero. You're
0: going to talk a lot about Artie later.
1: (laughs) And then Big Pete's best friend is Ellen who, um, I think she has a crush on him at some point, but she just thinks of her as a friend. And I think later on that switches or something like that. But at least from what I watched today, that was what I got. (laughs) (laughs) And then they have... Their dad and mm-hmm. their mom. Their mom has a plate in her head. Um, also going to talk a lot about the plate in the head. <laughs> I didn't expect anything less. Yeah. Um, so that's basically the show. Um, it takes place in Wellsville, like I said. Um, it's just a suburban town. And I feel like there's a lot of surrealism kind of mixed in with the show that I think is what made it seem kind of like a higher-end kids show to me. I feel like it was always really well written and um it was really more good interesting
0: at, it, it just felt really good at being like a show that took the took everything and put it from a kid's perspective the way that a kid would describe all of the things going on like how little problems turn into these big things that mm-hmm. are these huge adventures because that's the way you know a 10 year old kid would look at that particular problem
1: yeah Yeah, and I think um, they did a good job of connecting with the kids that would be watching it, focusing, like you said, kind of just on the things that mattered to them, like school. And um, the episodes we're going to talk today about are what we did on our summer vacation. So that summer vacation was definitely a huge part of childhood. (laughs) Like, you know, that was when you got your big break (laughs) from school and got to – play and be a kid for the most part um and then the other episode is nightcrawlers which is all about bedtime and bedtime was a big deal in my house
0: (laughs) when was your bedtime
1: i don't know what time it was but i know i never actually went to bed on time
0: see Um, i was terrified i was terrified that i would get in trouble so i was in my room and just i was that i was in bed i was ready i didn't want to get in trouble i was terrified of being in trouble for that
1: We can go into this a little bit more later, but basically I would have FOMO at bedtime. I felt like I was always like missing out on something else. So, um, my parents, friends, I think joked that I needed Velcro sheets so that I would actually (laughs) stay in bed. But, um, yeah, I just felt like if, especially if there were people over and I was in bed, I was like, I have to be out there. Um, but yeah, I just, uh. I never liked bedtime. I felt a lot like Pete. I felt like I was missing out on things.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We can get into that when (laughs) we get to that episode. Yeah. Uh, But let's start with what we did on our summer vacation, which opens with Big Pete, uh, like pretty much, I think, every episode.
1: Yeah. Every episode Mm -hmm. is narrated by Michael Morona, who plays Big Pete.
0: We start with Big Pete uh, sitting on a car, talking to us about the end of summer, and it cuts right to him talking about... Little Pete and his his buddy Artie uh, fighting the ocean. Punching, just punching the water over and over. Fighting the ocean to stave off the end of summer.
1: Yeah, Pete, Big Pete says that that's how he knows that summer is coming to the to an end when um, they go and try to beat up the ocean.
0: Which, I just want to get right into Artie. I have so many <laughs> questions go for it. about Artie. And uh, first of all, I found the Pete and Pete website, which is oh, wonderful. It's, I didn't know there was one. Oh. <laughs> it's great. It doesn't it says it was last updated in 2010, but it doesn't look that way. Uh <clears throat> org. <pnp.norecess.org. laughs> so they they hopped right on that. I like that it's dot, dot org. org. Yeah. <laughs> uh there are so many things about Artie on this that it just goes through. Uh For example, the first one tells us that Artie actually is the strongest man in the world. uh, That he uses several episodes uh, to showcase his superhuman strength, which I don't remember any of those.
1: (laughs) I remember them always saying that he was the strongest man in the world, but he definitely doesn't look like it.
0: For those of you that don't know who Artie is, he is an adult, not a child. (laughs) He is an adult who is Little Pete's best friend, so his best friend is a... Ten-year-old boy. (laughs) He runs around in red and blue underwear that is, according to this site, a 40-60 blend of titanium and cotton.
1: That's an interesting mix.
0: Yep, that was (laughs) established in one of the early shorts that they had. Uh, He is not imaginary, as some people may have said, because other people have used him for his superhero abilities. He has heat vision. Oh, Yep, that's established in an episode. What would you
1: use heat vision for?
0: What would I or what, or, would, you what say? would he
1: use it for? I mean, just in general, what would a person use heat vision for?
0: I would warm up toast or s-
1: oh, things like that, I guess. Okay. I don't know.
0: It's not, cause I, don't, I guess
1: I, you just would never need a microwave.
0: Yeah, I guess <laughs> it's not like la- you could make someone uncomfortably warm and they have to <laughs> go take off layers of things. Uh, if you want to find out, it's in the episode Stairmaster. no. Uh, he has a set jurisdiction, which I'm assuming that means he can only be a superhero in certain areas. Okay. (laughs) Maybe just in their town. Uh,
1: so like maybe another superhero has the next town over or something like that.
0: I guess, (laughs) uh, if you had, I'm going to give you just three guesses here for this one. What is Artie's favorite smell?
1: Oh, geez. Um, I'm going to guess hot dogs. No. <laughs> um, Freshly cut grass. Nope. What is another smell? Wet dogs.
0: Still no, uh, <laughs> but somehow closer. <laughs> Tire air.
1: Tire air.
0: Air from tires <laughs> is the favorite smell of Artie.
1: Does it specify whether that's like car tires or bike tires? I imagine those smell different, right?
0: It doesn't, but assuming... Because he hangs out with children, I'm going to go with bike tires. <laughs> but you never. I will have to rewatch that episode. Farewell, <laughs> My Little Viking.
1: Oh, that's season two. I have <sighs> it. <laughs>
0: uh, he, he makes. No, he likes armpit noises because it reminds him of his mother. Disturbing. I don't. <laughs>
1: Raises a lot of questions. A lot of
0: questions. (laughs) I have more questions after reading all these facts about him, by the way, than I have They answered nothing. Uh, He hates riding in cars, which I assume that he doesn't have a driver's license one, because...
1: He wouldn't need one.
0: No, he's the world's strongest man. Well, that doesn't mean he's the fastest man or can do anything like that. He's just strongest.
1: No, but I mean, like, in this episode today, um, the... Um, what we did on our summer vacation, he climbs to the top of a water tower, and when he jumps off of it, he is in a parking lot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he lands far from there and claims to have seen the curvature of the earth, like to Kansas from wherever they happen to be. I'm Kentucky. Pretty, you, Kentucky. Kentucky, I'm sorry. Or no, maybe it was Nebraska. I don't know. No, I think it was I wrote down Kentucky. Perfect. Uh, this is my favorite fact about him. He lives in a porta house, which gross. Does that mean a porta john, or just like, does he live in a trailer?
1: That m- makes me think either it's like a porta potty, like the ones that they transport to like festivals, or one of those like outhouses that has the m- moon carved into the door.
0: Yeah, <laughs> like like in the backwoods like yeah some like eighteen
1: hundreds nineteen hundreds thing. <laughs>
0: Uh, this is the only one that has bold writing in it because they want you to know this. Artie, the strongest man in the world is not an alien. This was proven scientifically by Alan, who also does some mathematical calculations in this episode, (laughs) uh, which we can get into in a minute. Uh, although he is referred to as a mutant, no one explains why. Uh, whammy bars are his deadly kryptonite.
1: I think that comes up in potential. I know they use a whammy bar in the episode "Hard Days Peak." That
0: is the exact okay. one they reference here. <laughs> Love roller coaster and perhaps funk in general attracts Artie like a giant funk magnet. And these are all in air. Well, they're not air quotes. They're air quotes <laughs> when I do it. It's all in quotations. Um, he has a past with Clark, with Ernest Clark? Hemingway and Gertrude Stein. Clark is a turtle. Glad you asked. <laughs> but it says he has a past with Clark,
1: Oh Ernest
0: Hemingway, and Gertrude Stein.
1: I think uh, I saw when I was re-watching some other episodes when I was trying to decide what we were going to do for this um, particular podcast episode, I remember there being a turtle. I don't remember exactly what happened, but I, he like, oh, he hit a golf ball. And um it landed on a turtle, so I wonder if that was Clark. <laughs>
0: uh, only two more here. Okay. <laughs> <coughs> but I have to go through these.
1: This is important.
0: He's not invincible. Oh. He has been defeated by what? An evil bowling ball.
1: That is also an episode in season one, I think.
0: It is from When Pete's Collide. Yep. And finally
1: And actually the oh. um uh, the old guy in Christmas Vacation is in that as their grandpa.
0: Oh, <laughs> didn't know. Uh, the last one is somewhat confusing in how it's 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 worded, but Artie is a character of the past. In a two-part episode, he left because younger Pete no longer needed him. Checks out. I'm convinced Artie is somewhere on the spectrum, <laughs> and. Also, I just don't understand how these parents are letting him or letting their kids like just hang out with him all day.
1: Well, I feel like these parents actually make a lot of questionable choices because in this first scene, well, we already know like one of the big things about little Pete is that he has a tattoo of a mermaid named Petunia on his arm. Mm -hmm. In this episode, when they're beating up the ocean, we also see that he has a giant pirate ship tattoo on his back like it takes up almost his entire back.
0: I didn't remember the pirate ship tattoo until I, didn't I saw either. it and <laughs> that just raises so many questions.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Is it real? Why does he have that? How did he get it? Did it, cuz you have to have par- parental consent to get a tattoo, right? Right. If you're not 18.
0: Which then brings me to the thing from the second episode where he's got a pretty strict curfew bedtime but they're (laughs) totally fine with him just you want another tattoo you have to assume this wasn't all done in one he got one and then they're like all right we'll let you get another one
1: yeah i don't really remember the shorts very well but i guess there is some short that takes place with mother's day and that's the origin of petunia he got petunia as like a present for his mom for mother's day i don't know how that's a present to his mom
0: I don't know if she was
1: there while he was getting it. I don't know that I. We can probably find it on YouTube or something. But um, that's how we got Petunia. I have no idea about this pirate ship.
0: That's an extent. That's like multiple days of going in to yeah, get that. Work it's done. giant. It.
1: I, I couldn't tell if it was in color. I I don't, think it was. It was. Yeah. Petunia definitely is.
0: Petunia is in color, and he gets to make her dance. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> so <laughs> getting back to the point <laughs> after that long tangent, uh, Big Pete's t- talking about summer and kind of reflecting back on it, and he mentions a specific number, 653 photos that they had, which I I don't remember taking pictures to the store for photo booths. I know that at some point I'm sure I did it in bringing film. It just, I don't remember it I at this point. I
1: didn't do it with, like, a photo booth, but definitely to, like local drugstore here that would be now Bartels, but we had some more like neighborhood type drugstores then. But when I was watching that, like that's so dated, like that's such a nineties and eighties. Well, I mean, earlier than that thing too, but just like taking your film to the store and getting it developed and. Um, thinking that somebody was gonna look through your pictures, which they do in this. <laughs>
0: yeah, little Pete just—he doesn't even hesitate. <laughs> Big Pete and Alan are sitting there. Alan works at Quick Pick, the, the 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 photo booth. And first of all, Big Pete thinks it's a dangerous job, which is hilarious to me. He says it's the second most dangerous job in the world, next to dude. I remember? didn't. I didn't pick that Licking up. Licking dirt. <laughs> That's just, a job? Yep, that's what he says. <laughs> Next to licking dirt, it's the most dangerous job in the world.
1: Well, it is a photo booth in the middle of a parking lot. I think they said <laughs> it was owned by her uncle. Yeah. Um. So that's her summer job. And then I was wondering, like, how old is she? Isn't she, like, 12 or 13?
0: Well, Big Pete's in high school, so okay. I'm going to assume that they're at least 14. Okay. Child labor laws were different. <laughs> I don't know. I had a job at 13. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: I just babysat.
0: Yeah. So, they're there, and the reason that Little Pete decides to go and look at some pictures is because they want to learn more about Mr. Tasty, the ice cream man who wears an ice cream head. Always.
1: Always. He, he wears a giant, swirly ice cream cone head that has eyes and a mouth, basically, as part of it. And he. other than that, he looks like an old-timey, like, barbershop quartet guy in this, like, red and white suit and a giant red bow tie. Um, so, basically, the whole thing is that they want to know who Mr. Tasty is. And um, they have all these different theories about him. One is that he escaped from a mental facility.
0: I subscribe to this. <laughs> that, that, that is 100% what I think.
1: Um, one was that he used to be married to Cher. Um, and then somebody else uh, thinks that he is a man named Leonard, who she had a relationship with. And this person is Kate Pearson from the B-52s.
0: Yep, just just a random, <laughs> like, she's she probably has 10 to 20 seconds of screen time, if that.
1: Yeah, yeah. And she seems like she's high on all the drugs.
0: Yeah, she's definitely a housewife who is just, like, she She made she's all her money. And she's just been day drinking martinis yeah. all day. Maybe that's it. Maybe
1: she's, like, she seemed more drunk than on drugs. But um, I really liked her appearance in this because... One of my favorite karaoke songs is, of course, the B-52's Love Shack. I will sing that at karaoke anytime I can find somebody else to do the other part with me.
0: You've tried to get me to do a couple times.
1: I have. I don't know that I've ever successfully gotten you to do karaoke at all. No. <laughs> um, Not
0: well, anyways.
1: I, I don't think I've ever seen you do karaoke. Um, yeah. Usually my sister will. Well, she has one time, so Yeah. that is that is my favorite song to do for karaoke though so Kate Pearson awesome and then yeah so they're basically trying to figure out who Mr. Tasty is and Ellen working in this photo booth comes across a sleeve of pictures that have his name on them um, that I guess he dropped off you would think that she would have known that when he dropped them off maybe she wasn't working that shift or something so she finds this and takes it to the the Pete's, and they decide to open it.
0: Yeah, Little Pete immediately, because Big Pete is like, no, we can't do this, we can't, you know, he, he at least has some sort of voice of reason, and Ellen, she doesn't want to lose her job. Yeah. Little Pete just has no chill. He just goes in, <laughs> he's like, okay, we're going to open this, looks in there, and they find all these pictures of Mr. Tasty all around the United States and all around the world, yeah. uh, and France, and in... New York, and all these places, but every single time, he still has his entire uniform on, including (laughs) the ice cream head, at all times, and they come to the conclusion that this man has no friends.
1: Or, if he does have friends, that they are the kids, themselves.
0: Yeah, which adds to my thought that this man is insane, and at this point... Without me remembering anything of the episode at all, <laughs> I, I a thousand percent was like, these kids are going to get abducted. That's, <laughs> that's what this is. This guy's abduction game is perfect. He's just peddling his ice cream wares. He's going to abduct these kids.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely, like, start to wonder, like, why can't he take off this head? Why can't he tell them who he is? Is he a sex offender? Yeah,
0: (laughs) he gets really defensive.
1: (laughs) He does. Because they start asking him, basically, to hang out with them. They want to go trout fishing with him. They want to help him wax his um, Tasty Mobile truck. And finally, Ellen asks, bluntly, if he has any friends... And he gets pretty visibly uncomfortable with this.
0: Yeah, he, he, he pretends to not. Well, I don't know if he even pretends. I think he legitimately doesn't want the kids around him anymore at yeah. this point. It's like, here, take some ice cream.
1: Yeah, and. He's like, this is all I have to offer you. Yeah,
0: just give. Also, he's accepting insects and things as payment. He, <laughs> I hope he owns his own businesses. If he is like just an employee of some <laughs> ice cream, tra- he's not doing well for them because he's giving away ice cream a lot. After he, you know, gets pushed by these kids, like, hey, come on, we'll help you. We'll help you clean the truck. We'll help you do Let us just hang out with us. Uh, he disappears.
1: Yep. He doesn't come back, even though it's the middle of the summer.
0: Yep. And so there's a, there's a heat wave and the kids are all losing it. And
1: they look like zombies. They're yeah. like literally just standing in the middle of the street, staring ahead. And the colors get super warm. Like they just put an like... orange filter on this film. And, you know, that's meant to convey this heat wave. But basically, they start, like, going delusional. They start imagining that Tasty is there. Um, basically, just going crazy um, in the heat without their... What's it? The, the Blue Tornado is um, the... I, th- I, I, <laughs> I think it know is. What I it was.
0: It might have been Blue Tornado. I think it's the Blue
1: Tornado. Um, and then they also get... Um, hypnotized by Mrs. Blotard's colossal arm flub.
0: Yep, yeah, just flapping around, <laughs> flapping around.
1: But like, what kind of a name is Mrs. Blotard? It's I, it's definitely the name like a ten year old would come up with.
0: Yeah, they 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 probably asked uh, Danny Tamborelli, who plays Little <laughs> Pete, like, what's a name that you would give a, this overweight lady <laughs> who's Blotard? Yeah, <laughs> and that's and they're like. This kid's a comedic genius. Let's go with it.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, Artie comes in to save the day. Yeah. Because Artie is in the middle of his own fight. (laughs) Uh, Artie is fighting killer bees, which he seems to be the only one the bees are.
1: Yeah. he's. That was the arrival of the killer bees was one of the announcements to the start of summer. But yeah, they're definitely like Artie's nemesis in this scenario.
0: He's having a stare-down with the Queen Bee, who is resting on his nose, which is ridiculous for so many reasons. But to do this stare-down, he climbs the aforementioned water tower, where, with his seemingly supervision, I have to believe, unless he's just a crazy person, which he is, he sees the ice cream truck in the distance, leaps off the water tower... Lands in the parking lot, which is nowhere near, and tells Ellen that he saw Mr. Tasty's truck. At which point, she starts making these calculations and, like, figuring out the curvature of the earth and where Artie jumped from and all of these things. Taking
1: into account his glasses prescription.
0: Yeah, which... (laughs) How good can his vision be if he has to wear glasses? That's <laughs> yeah. the thing. Maybe
1: they just magnify his vision. <clears throat> like he would have normal vision with his without his glasses, but with these glasses he has extreme vision.
0: Uh, this is also the point where Ellen starts breaking whatever child labor laws there were. <laughs> <laughs> she is literally running triple shifts at a photo booth that's open I think twenty four hours.
1: Very potentially, yes. Uh,
0: She takes over every single shift, which her parents are terrible. (laughs) But also she starts trying to... She basically puts together like a command center for finding Mr. Tasty.
1: Yeah, she's kind of the original Carrie in Homeland with this map (laughs) of pictures with pins and strings trying to figure out where Tasty has been, where he's going. Um, One of the lines that jumped out at me is that a picture is of a woman. I think it was like by a waterfront or something. And she's like Tacoma, of course, which Tacoma is in Washington, pretty close to here. So, um, Mr. Tasty is getting around the country. He was in Arizona and then Washington. If he's in New York originally, this is a pretty long trip.
0: This is also who, where is she getting these photos from? Who's using this photo booth? And they're just like, <laughs> we just went on this cross-country trip, let's bring our photos here. Every person (laughs) that comes to the photo booth apparently is taking pictures from somewhere else in the country and then going to this photo booth to get them developed.
1: Well, I mean, I imagine they're people from Wellsville going on vacation, but I also don't know a lot of people who take vacations in the summer.
0: Well, you know, you're off school... Yeah. Maybe. Kids are home. Also, Tacoma's not
1: necessarily a (laughs) go-to destination unless you want to see, like, some Chihuly glass.
0: (laughs) I love the Chihuly glass.
1: It is pretty nice.
0: (laughs) So she's going through. She's around the command center. Uh, And then we we cut to Little Pete running his game to try and find uh, Mr. Tasty. And to search, he is standing on a diving board.
1: At the Splankton Municipal Pool. And he is driving the lifeguard named Den Cleary crazy by taking up all this time on the diving board. And I just have to say, Den Cleary is like the most 90s looking... Lifeguard, you can imagine.
0: Yeah. I, I literally wrote down the lifeguard looks like the ultimate '90s bro.
1: <laughs> he does. I actually kind of think he looks like Ian Zierlein from Nine Hundred Two One Zero. The I guy who he's also in like those Sharknado movies now.
0: Never watched those either.
1: I never saw them, but that's his. That's how far he went, basically. But he's wearing <laughs> these like neon yellow sunglasses and bright pink shorts, which. I, ju- I just can't even picture something more 90s other than like...
0: He would have had to have the... The, the
1: sun... Yeah, the, uh, the
0: peroxide or whatever. Uh,
1: the just sunscreen? Yeah,
0: sunscreen, whatever you know the name of it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we don't have the sun enough here in Seattle to use sunscreen. <laughs> he,
0: if he would have had it on his nose, then it would yeah. have been extremely 90s. Yes. But I like that he's just getting upset about him standing on the diving board and this is driving him insane.
1: But then it escalates from there cuz he makes Pete jump. And so Pete just doesn't stop jumping into the pool. And I think at one point the highest point he gets to 600 or sorry, 269 jumps in one day.
0: Yeah, which which is hilarious that him jumping off the diving board <laughs> is causing this man to lose his mind.
1: He literally is on the ground having a fit.
0: Yeah, he's he's having a <laughs> he's having a full-on panic attack because of a child jumping into the water.
1: And he begs Big Pete to make it stop. He's he's like pulling on <clears throat> Big Pete's ankles. It actually was a little bit disturbing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Big Pete looks like he's going to fix the problem and then just jumps in instead. They both jump. And this double jump apparently is enough to send the lifeguard over the edge, and then the pool brings in Artie as a lifeguard, which makes me think that a kid definitely died at some point after that.
1: (laughs) Very possible. Um, I do not think that Artie is the most responsible human, though I would hope that if somebody got in trouble, the strongest man in the world would be the one to save them.
0: He's too busy making. He's like flexing and moving and just like gesticulating. He's like he does a lot of hip thrusting too. Uh, I don't know how you didn't notice that. It's like half of his stuff is just like he flexes and hip thrusts awkwardly in his underwear. Oh geez. Um, they kind of reach a point now. They're 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 freaking out. They they need ice cream. Yeah. It's the heat of summer, and they're at the beach with their dad who. The dad using a metal detector is also. I I wrote down that that's a very '90s thing. It's just the con. I just picture any '90s thing with like a dad or somebody on the beach is like, I'm gonna go find the the treasure right now. Yeah,
1: you don't see that nowadays. I mean, I don't know that I saw a lot of metal detectors in the '90s anyway. But I mean, you have one. (laughs) (laughs) I would buy one today. I feel like, but I think if I were to use it at the beach here, I would mostly just find a lot of needles. (laughs)
0: Yeah, probably. I don't know that I ever found anything with it. Yeah. Ever.
1: Well, on Pete and Pete, um, the dad used his metal detector to find their mom. Um, she was at the beach and he had his metal detector and it was picking up a signal that was getting stronger. And when he finally came upon her, she said, it's me. I have a metal plate in my head. And that was the conversation starter that sparked their relationship.
0: I just, I just, I, ha- I want to know, I, I just wish if I had a time machine. <laughs> There's so many other things I would use it for first. I was going to say. <laughs> but at some point, I'd want to go back and just listen in on the conversation between the writers when they decided, why don't we give the mom a plate in her head?
1: So I actually did see something on IMDb that was about this metal plate. It was inspired by, um, oh, here it is. Um, The idea for Pete and Pete's mom having a metal plate in her head came from the story of baseball player and coach Don Zimmer, who had to have a plate in his head after receiving a blow to the head by a ball in the 1950s. I don't know where they made the connection between that and the mom, but...
0: I did not know that about Don Zimmer.
1: Oh. I didn't even know who he was. (laughs) Well... So I actually feel like the mom's plate in her head kind of adds to that surrealism with the show that I was mentioning. Like it just seems like kind of a interesting <laughs> aspect of the show that makes it a little bit more unique than a lot of other kids shows. But oh yeah, that's probably where they were coming from with the idea, right?
0: Yeah, they, I mean they they definitely do a lot of interesting things and and just different stuff. They they definitely go at all of the traditional kid problems and kid kids show issues in a different way than, than a lot of other shows did. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's why they had so many guest stars like like our next guy, Mr. Scrummy. Why don't you go ahead and introduce who Mr. Scrummy is?
1: So, Captain Scrummy. Was oh,
0: was it Captain? <laughs> it I was have Cap- Mr. Scrummy. Captain Scrummy oh, um,
1: was the ice cream man on the boardwalk who was played by R.E.M.'s Michael Stipe. And he was looking a little bit dirty. He, like, really I think disheveled. literally had dirt on his... Uh, Face and he had a patch on his hat that said Captain Scrummy that was kind of coming off Um, but Pete big Pete approaches him to ask about where mr. Tasty is thinking that you know all ice cream men know each other Um, and Captain Scrummy says that he thought he heard that mr. Tasty got run out of town by a bunch of nosy kids and I think big Pete starts to feel a little bit bad about this kind of pushes back a little bit And uh, Captain Scrummy says, what do you want from us? And Big Pete thinks and is like, I don't know anymore. And then the music gets all uh, thoughtful.
0: (laughs) Very introspective time. Yep. Big Pete's starting to realize things Things. about the ice cream man. Just things. What is... Oh, these ice cream men, they live their life. They have these rules. They can't get too close. (laughs) They're just meant to be lonely. I think that's literally what the show wanted us to think is... Ice cream men are meant to be lonely, just miserable people
1: I mean, th- that it's, show up. It's not the worst thing to teach to kids because these are strangers coming into your town, <laughs> generally, into your neighborhood to give you ice cream, pretty close to candy. And the 90s were a lot of stranger danger uh, Do you remember times. your ice
0: cream men, the ice cream people that drove by your neighborhood ever?
1: So... Our neighborhood was not the best with the ice cream man. I don't know why, but the ice cream man basically wasn't allowed to come into our neighborhood. I don't know the backstory on this, but we would hear the ice cream man in the neighboring streets, and we would wait at the top of the hill for him to come, and he almost never did. Um, He did occasionally, but um, there were tons and tons of times when we were just waiting there, and nobody ever came, except when... um, I had a neighbor who was the ice cream man.
0: You did too. Yeah, <laughs> I was just about to explain how my neighbor was so, one. So
1: he drove out of his route to come to our neighborhood with the ice cream truck, but he got fired for that. Or at least this is what I remember hearing. This could just be neighborhood gossip. <laughs> um, if my parents ever listened to this, they could probably correct me on this. But um, it was uh, my neighbor's, a couple streets or a couple houses up their son, who was, um, a bit older. And, um, yeah. So what I heard was that he got fired for doing this.
0: My neighbor was an ice cream man too. He never drove by our place, but he would keep the truck at his house, Oh! but he would never sell ice cream in our neighborhood. Mm. Uh, which felt weird. Like, (laughs) come on, you, we live right next door. Just, just pop it open. All (laughs) I wanted was one of the Spongebob's with the, with the gumball eyes. Oh. I love them. I didn't like the gumballs because they, they were frozen They're and too hurt, cold, my, yeah. hurt my teeth. But the Spongebob was great.
1: <laughs> <clears throat> I don't even remember what I usually got from the Ice Cream Man. It happened so infrequently.
0: Was it a sludge sickle?
1: It was not a sludge sickle. But that is what Michael Stipe gives to Big Pete. He calls him a bona fide sludge sickle man.
0: The sludge sickle looked just fucking gross.
1: I wasn't actually looking um, because I was writing "bonafide sludge sickle man" on my piece of paper here. Yeah. Um, I imagined it just looked like a fudge sickle, but it didn't.
0: It looked no. It looked like a fudge sickle that somebody had taken and just they heated it up a little bit, (laughs) sneezed on it, and just let it start dripping. It looked like sludge. (laughs) Okay. It looked like sludge. Like (laughs) fudge sickles are delicious. A (laughs) sludge sickle looked gross, Uh, but he disappears. And we cut back to the dad who has found the jackpot, and I just gotta, I've just gotta go through my thought process here as the dad, because as again, I didn't remember this episode yeah. at all. And my first thought, and I I wrote this down, is why the fuck does their dad think there's a car under the sand? <laughs> Followed by, and why the fuck is there a fucking Cutlass Supreme <laughs> under the sand with the keys in it, and they just get it?
1: Yeah,
0: they they. <laughs> I thought that was like, oh, huh, huh, there's probably a car under here. And then, no, it is a car because of course it's a car. That was a, that, that just feels like a very peat and Pete thing. Yep. It's like
1: they dig it up. Somehow it's not in a hole anymore. Um, it's just on top of the sand and it works and it has gas. And, and like you said, they room. have, they have keys. Yes. It has, um, <laughs> lots of leg room. Um, and then I was also wondering what they did with their old car. Like the car they would have driven to the beach with.
0: Maybe they walk to the beach? Maybe. But, again, I don't know where they live. Clearly they (laughs) live by the... They must live by the ocean. So they have to live on the... Because they fought the ocean. Yeah. But... So maybe they lived on the east coast? Ah. I I
1: I feel like it's the east coast. But... um, Basically, when they find this car, that's towards the end of the summer. um, And they're starting to give up on Mr. Tasty.
0: Yeah. And they cut back to Alan, who... She has to be making so much money this summer. <laughs> for seriously, for a teenager, and she's working triple shifts. And she, who are the other people that work at the photo booth? And they're like, mm, other than like, her uncle who yeah. owns it. I guess no one else gets these things. <laughs> uh, they have. I don't know if you noticed this, but they had posters in the back, like saying, "Have you seen the Mister Tasty call? The number is blurred out." Oh, really? Yeah. I thought at first, the first time I saw it, I thought, no, maybe I just couldn't see it. No, the number is blurred out. (laughs) Like, there's just a bar over it. I
1: wonder if it was there in the original broadcast, and then they just didn't want people calling the number. Because sometimes when you watch shows from the 90s, they didn't have that 555 number. They were like actual numbers you could call. I actually noticed that when I was watching Friends the other day. I was like, oh, I could call that number that's on that sign right there.
0: But. Uh, and it's because of people like you that they decided, <laughs> you know what? We can't do that. So I got to call this. Uh, they're about to give up. Actually, I think they do give they up. They do give they up. They give yeah. up and they, they're kind of, they come to peace. They come to terms with everything.
1: Yep. They've and, realized that the ice cream man just is a solitary creature.
0: <laughs> and of course, this is the exact point when there's a knock on the door and Ellen closes the booth for the first time in forever. Like, oh, you're a bad employee. Somebody's trying to come here. And they open it, and of course it's Mr. Tasty, because... Of course. Because it's his TV. <laughs> and why did he come back? To get his photos.
1: Finally. Although, was he... Were these the photos that they found at the beginning of the summer? Like, he just left them there for three
0: months? I think so, because otherwise they would have been able to follow where he was easier. They wouldn't have yeah. had to say, where is this guy? Yeah. Uh, and he also acknowledges that... Yeah, I kind of figured you, uh, you You looked at my photos.
1: Well, because he finds all these um, flyers, the ones that you were mentioning, all around town, or all over the country. I think he mentions he found one in Duluth. Um, so he knew that they were looking for him and yeah. using his pictures to, or some <laughs> pictures, I guess, to figure out where he had been.
0: Uh, and, you know, we end with Big Pete wrapping things up, yep. saying that some things are supposed to stay a mystery, And
1: I actually really do like the end of it where um, it's just a really long shot with the side mirror of the Tasty mobile. And then the kids are just like waving by um, in the parking lot and it just focuses on that. Um, I thought that was kind of a clever thing to do and um, an interesting thing to see in a kid's show. Like it seemed more, I guess, artistic than you would expect for a kid's show.
0: That's definitely some of the kind of shit that kids would obsess over, though. Like, who is this ice cream man that, you know, brings us joy and brings us all this stuff in the summer? Because, you know, I mean, you think about how excited you got for the ice cream man as a kid. Oh, yeah. It was... You would just stop whatever you're doing and like go ask your mom or dad for for a dollar, dollar twenty five, whatever yep. it happened to be. It was Like, can I get some money? The ice cream man's coming! Hurry, he's coming! <laughs> yeah, and like you gotta like go out and hope you didn't miss him. Yeah, because otherwise you got to run down the street because they're not going more than three miles an hour <laughs> at any given point. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely the kind of stuff like some kids would obsess over and and, and do something. Not to the extent, obviously, that Pete and Pete did it. They, they, they would be different.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is definitely like, when I think about Pete and Pete, this is one of the episodes I think about because I, I loved the summer growing up and I feel like this is a pretty good representation of what summers are like in the suburbs. Um, I mean, I didn't live in a suburb where I could ride my bike anywhere. We were pretty confined to just our little neighborhood development But, um, you know, the things like you were saying that, that you would get hung up on with the ice cream man and waiting and, um, just doing other kid things during the summer. This show is pretty representative of. How
0: would they hunt down Mr. Tasty today?
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) It would be so easy. Yeah. Because he would have, unless he didn't have, um, like... Instagram or something like that. Like if he was off the social media grid. Yeah. Um well I guess other people other people would be on it and they would just tag Mr. Tasty in their pictures, right?
0: Yeah. You he would he would have the Snapchat Snapchat. location on. You'd be able to see him there. He'd be sending things.
1: Snapchat map.
0: Yep. You'd just be able to find him anywhere. (laughs) Mr. Tasty would not be able to hide today.
1: No. I mean there's a lot of things that are with these nineties shows that you're like that is just literally not possible today. No, we uh, we live in an interesting time. I actually am really glad that like my childhood was in the '90s because I think that that was probably a healthier environment than what kids have today.
0: Oh, I mean, I didn't have my first cell phone until I could drive. Yeah, and I mean, some of the kids in my class have they've had cell phones for. I don't know, since they were like seven, eight yeah. years old, which is ridiculous.
1: Because it was a safety thing there. It was like, oh, you can drive now. You have to have a phone so that if you get into trouble, then you can contact somebody. But now it's like your phone is so much more. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Little people yeah. running around. here and need a phone. No. Nope. They just kind of <laughs> assumed he'd come home.
1: He just was standing on that diving board.
0: Yeah. Just, <laughs> well, they knew where he was.
1: <laughs> yep. Um, do you have anything else with this episode?
0: For this episode, only one more thing. And it's not necessarily for the episode itself. Uh, it's, it's more about ice cream. <laughs> Always uh, a good topic. Well, I was looking up uh, some things in, in, in the summer of 2015 and 2016. There was a whole scare thanks to Facebook. Oh. Uh, where people kept posting uh, these stories about ice cream men uh, abducting girls using chloroform. When they oh my come gosh. Up. Uh, turned out to be... Mostly false. <laughs> Good. <laughs> uh, but I, I, there's just all these things that we, apparently is a big thing where all these, you know, Facebook moms and Facebook dads are posting on, like, oh, beware of all the chloroform ice cream truck oh, men and, and all that they're, to, they're taking your women. Uh, which, you know, I feel like the ice cream is probably not the best way to go about that. There's always yeah. a big group of people around yeah. them. <laughs> And
1: And that car is not moving fast. No.
0: And (laughs) they're playing music the whole time. Like, people are going to see. Yeah. People are going to see what's going on.
1: I don't even actually see, like, ice cream trucks driving around, like, neighborhoods anymore. I mean, maybe that's because I live in the city now. But um, the only time I ever see them really is, like, at the beach. Like, they'll go to Golden Gardens or Magnuson Park, um, which is probably pretty economical.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure they can make a good amount of money there. Yeah. No, well, that's uh, that's episode one.
1: Cool. Um, Do we want to rate this episode?
0: Sure. Go ahead. You can take, take the first one first here.
1: All right. So we're going to rate on a scale of zero to five. Because okay. I feel like with some of these other 90s shows we're going to talk about, <sighs> we're going to need zeros. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so um, on a scale of zero to five, I'm going to give this episode... Four blue tornadoes out of five blue tornadoes.
0: All right, four. See, I, uh, I, I, ha- I think about this, and there's a lot of ridiculous stuff in here. <laughs> it has some some high class guest stars. We've got yep. we got the B-52s. You got REM. Yep. It has a man who I'm convinced was going to abduct kids. <laughs> it's got a possibly man. possibly two. Well, I guess too. one
1: was trying really hard not to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, were you thinking I was talking about Artie first? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no, I was talking about I was talking about the ice cream man first. Okay. Artie, I don't think he's trying to abduct them. Okay. I don't think he I don't think he has that sort of capability okay. to think like that. Uh, I'm also gonna give it about four, four, uh, four sludge sickles.
1: All right. Very ice cream centric ratings. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So now we'll move on to, um, Nightcrawlers, which is season one, episode three. And, um, I'm going to read the description that's on IMDb real quick. Um, I guess I could have done that with the last one, but so Nightcrawlers, um, this aired December 12th, 1993 and the description is believing that his early bedtime has resulted in countless hours of lost fun little pete defies the international adult conspiracy by attempting to stay up 11 days in a row so this episode like i was saying kind of hits home with me because i hated bedtime it's, it this starts out with big pete narrating again Um, saying that little Pete doesn't like how the world goes on without him while he's asleep. He feels like he's missing out on a lot of stuff. He has FOMO. Um, His bedtime is 9 p.m., and he is not about that. And when he asks his mom why every single day, she says, because I said so, that's why, which Big Pete says are the six, I think, scariest words that a parent can use.
0: Yeah, and... Little Pete fighting his mom about bedtimes every single night is a super elementary school, like middle school, fifth yeah. grade or sixth grader move. That's yeah. a classic kid move. No one wants to go to bed. Yep. Uh, you, everyone can, well, I would feel like everyone I know had a bedtime. I know there's people that never didn't have one. But you have that. You got to do it. It's just part of being <laughs> a kid. And then you always, you have to fight it. You have to fight it. Otherwise, I feel like if we didn't fight it, it would just never change. Yeah. You'd be graduating high school and like your graduation <laughs> night, you'd have the senior all night party and you'd be like, well, I'm sorry guys, it's my bedtime, I gotta I gotta go. It's
1: eight thirty, I have to go to bed. You <laughs> gotta go
0: to bed. So uh,
1: in in this, um I actually really liked that there was um the suggestion that like what is there, a chart that shows when all ten year olds need to be in bed? And they literally show a chart that shows 10 p.m., or sorry, 9 p.m., all kids must, or all 10 year olds must be in bed.
0: <laughs> uh, the, the, the ridiculousness around the idea that all oh, the parents are in like this parent conspiracy,
1: international adult conspiracy. Th- they're,
0: they're all on the phone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and the specific one that they bring up is uh, Pete's dad's talking about milk. Like, I told them I got whole milk, but it was 2%, or maybe yeah. it was the other way around.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was what it was.
0: And I mean, I'm lactose intolerant, so all milk <laughs> makes me feel like death. But I don't remember ever being able to tell the difference between whole milk and two percent milk as a kid.
1: We did not have whole milk; we always did two percent. So I have no idea.
0: <laughs> I also like that when the when little Pete is arguing with mom, it flashes to the dad who clearly just is just like enjoying the fight. Yeah, just for the fun of it. Well, but, I
1: mean, it's some the same thing every night. So
0: yeah. yeah I mean. <laughs> but he's also reading uh, the nineteen ninety three golf almanac. Oh. Which is just a, just a vintage dad move. Yeah. It's a just show how daddy he is by putting that in there. Like he, he's just sitting there reading his golf stuff. Not even just a golf magazine, the golf almanac.
1: Yeah, I missed that point. Um, so Pete does eventually just like stomp upstairs. He literally stomps on a like nightlight that's of a pig and shatters it and decides that he is going to be fighting back. Um, and that happens, I guess, the next night, um, while he and his friends are playing flashlight tag, which, did you play flashlight tag growing up?
0: I never played flashlight tag. I played regular tag. If it was darker, we played hide and seek. Yeah. Never played flashlight tag ever.
1: So, we did play flashlight tag, but I feel like we played it different, because the way they were playing it was, they were running around as if it was tag, and when you got the light on you, then you froze. But... A, you'd have to trust that the person who was it said they got you, because you wouldn't be able to necessarily tell. Um, and B, that seems like the easiest game in the world.
0: I thought that he actually <laughs> was tagging them.
1: I think it was with the light.
0: <clears throat> oh, see, I thought I, I really thought he actually was just actually tagging maybe them he, with that because it was a yeah, huge that's long true. Uh, maybe
1: that is what they were doing.
0: Long the, flashlight. The way
1: we played flashlight tag well i guess maybe it wasn't flashlight tag maybe it was just like flashlight hide and go seek like we would literally just like hide um around the yard and stuff like that yeah i would i don't know why i'm like terrified of spiders and for some reason at night i forgot that spiders existed and i would like hide in bushes that i would never would have gone near in the daytime
0: see that's a time when i was more afraid of spiders (laughs) at nighttime that's when they come out
1: well i just couldn't see them so i guess i forgot they were there
0: Fair enough. uh, They're all out there. It's I assume all Little Pete's friends. Yeah. Who, by the way, they're terrible at flashlight tag. They they could not evade Little Pete at all. Yeah. And I don't. He doesn't look like the most athletic kid. I don't think he's better than them at this. I think they're just bad. Uh, But he 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 does the vintage child move of fighting back against mom in front of the friends when he feels embarrassed. Yeah. Uh, she shames him hard. She's like, oh, <laughs> okay, well, but, so he said bye, bye-bye, time to go, let's go, bedtime. Yeah. And she gives him a look that all I can, only way I can describe it is like, you are going to get beat the fuck down now <laughs> by me because of that. But then she tries to use reverse psychology.
1: Yeah, and I like how they show like, a d- so Pete is fighting back against this bedtime and she's trying to think about how she can handle the situation. So they cut to a diagram of her head that has all of these different tactics she could use. And um, I think one of them was like, tell dad.
0: None are good.
1: <laughs> so she goes for um, reverse psychology and says, okay, if you don't want to go to bed, then you don't have to go to bed. And
0: That's like the worst... There are times when reverse psychology would be great. That one's not. It was a terrible use of it. It doesn't work. He's like, score, done. Which surprises her. And instead of changing course, she doubles down on it.
1: Yeah. So Pete says that he is going to stay up all night. And so she says, why not two nights?
0: And he continues on from that saying, why not 11 nights? Because earlier (laughs) in a brief... Just a little, uh, you know, snippet of seeing what's going to come. He's reading from Gibby's uh, World Records, which I assume is supposed to be like the Ripley's, believe it or not. But it's Gibby's or Ghibli's, one of those.
1: I had, so when I was watching that, I was like, oh, a book of world records also very like 80s, 90s. Because I owned one at some point.
0: I remember checking them out from the library in elementary school.
1: I bought one from the grocery store.
0: (laughs) Uh, let me just say that him saying that he's going to go for 11 days is fucking insane. The world record is 11 days. They were not wrong about that. Uh, they, they were wrong on who, I mean, they made up a fake name. The real person. Van Ooh. (laughs) The real person was Randy Gardner, a high school student from San Diego, California, who stayed away for 264 hours, uh,
1: which is how many days?
0: 11 days, 25 minutes.
1: Okay.
0: They also, this is according to the greatest source of all time, Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> there is a someone who says, I'm trying to find her, Maureen Weston of Peterborough, Cambridgeshire in April 1977 in a rocking chair marathon. Oh,
1: geez.
0: Said that she stayed awake for 449 hours. I don't know what... I, I, am going to look up how long that is right now, but 449 (laughs) hours,
1: I feel like you would
0: die is 18.7 days.
1: That seems impossible. Cause I know like after staying up for three days, I've heard you literally start to hallucinate. Uh, maybe she hallucinated staying up that late.
0: I mean, she was part of a competition. Oh! I would assume there were other people there in these <laughs> rocking chairs. Uh, in, in college, my buddies did a documentary where they stayed up for 72 hours. Oh, geez. Three days. And they asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. And I said, yes, but not part of the people staying up. I just want to watch you guys yeah. evolve. And so I got to help film and be a part of that. And just three days, like I was afraid to be around them on the third day. <laughs> I just remember around hour 60 or so, we were playing video games, and I look over at one of my buddies who had been doing it, and he's just looking at the TV like... He literally looked like a zombie. Oh,
1: man.
0: And I I just wanted to leave. I didn't <laughs> want to be near him. I was so afraid, but I wanted to make sure to help keep him awake and, and, and do all that. They made it. Uh, well... Four of them started, three of them made it. The okay. first one bowed out in the first day Dang! because he got drunk and fell asleep. <laughs> he said he was going to stay drunk the whole 72 hours. That was clearly a bad idea.
1: Yeah, that's not the best tactic. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: As anybody who has been day drinking knows, it's
0: not a, work. a nap
1: happens in there.
0: <laughs> but Pete, he, he's going past 72 hours. He's going 11 days, and he's got friends who hear about this.
1: Yes, he enlists his group of friends. Um, we have Clem, Natasha, Mort, Purvis, Libby, Pink Eye, and of course Artie.
0: Somehow, Artie is not the most ridiculous person in this group. <laughs> it's it's Pink Eye, right? P-
1: pink Eye, who her dad also has pink eye.
0: Oh, I didn't catch that. Oh
1: yeah, he, he she or. So her dad is like talking on the phone to, I think maybe Mort's mom or something. And he just like keeps rubbing at his eye.
0: Oh, I didn't catch that part. (laughs) Yep, I saw her rubbing it and they're like, good pink eye. Do you have something in your eye? No. (laughs) Clearly she has pink eye. They they all have pink eye by the end of this. Yeah.
1: Yep. And uh, so Mort says that this is going to be cake staying up for 11 hours or 11 days. 11 hours would be cake. Um,
0: some days, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so they decide to just do what they do best, which is play in the street. Um, and I think they play football. They play probably some more tag. Um,
0: they lose one person. I think it's Purvis, right? Purvis. Yep. They lose Purvis on the first night and
1: at two forty-seven AM.
0: So he <laughs> did not even make it one day. No. I mean, he no. made
1: it roughly like. Four hours after bedtime.
0: Yeah. Uh, but the most messed up part about it is that he falls asleep in the street on the curb, and they just leave him there.
1: And take his radio, right?
0: Yeah. So not only is he going to get run over by somebody parallel parking there, uh, he he has no way of contacting anyone when he wakes up. He's not going to know where he's at. He's yeah. Just, he's, they just leave their friend. Yep. Uh, yeah.
1: so, so then it's the next day. And they're still awake, except for per- except for Purvis. And this is when I was like, "Okay, it's not the summer. They're all definitely wearing like fall type clothes. So, do they not go to school for these eleven days? So are the parents like, not only are they allowing their kids to not go to bed, they're also allowing them to skip school?
0: Yeah, I couldn't tell <laughs> if they were in in school or not. Uh, yeah, I assume they are. Maybe we just didn't see well, when I they were would going think that it,
1: I th- would think that if they were going to school, that would be where they would fall asleep, <laughs> at least yeah. one of them would have fallen asleep at school,
0: yeah, well, I mean, they do come up with some great techniques for staying awake,
1: they do, um, Libby stares at the sun to stay awake to sneeze the sleep out of her,
0: yeah, that one <laughs> was somehow not the weirdest one for me,
1: um, so which one was weirder? pink eye getting a sugar high from fig newlies, or natasha pulling her pigtails away from her head to keep her eyes from closing
0: natasha <laughs> it's a hundred percent she just stands there pulling her pigtails as far out as she can because then her eyes can't close uh as a bald person i can't try and <laughs> see if this concept works but no yeah <laughs> uh, it's a real poor it would choice. hurt
1: i feel like the pain would maybe keep you awake yeah But, uh, Mort gives her a pretty ridiculous, uh, look while she's doing this.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess looking at the sun, that girl's going to lose her eyesight within minutes. Yeah. Uh.
1: So Libby, or sorry, I wrote down Libby, but it's Pink Eye. Pink Eye, um, she is the next to fall asleep after crashing from a sugar high.
0: I'm pretty sure she died. (laughs) She. They say she's crashing from a sugar high, but she is a hundred percent having a seizure on the ground. Her legs are shaking, her body shaking. She has like her eyes are closed, and then she just stops, and they leave her in that field. Yep. And pretty sure Pink Eye died. Is she in any other episodes? I. I don't know. Yeah.
1: That's a good question. you have to look. Um. But yeah, something happens with her, and um, it was a little bit hard to watch.
0: Yeah. And it kind of, you know, we go through a little montage here of the kids staying awake and the parents are starting to freak out, like, oh, they're still going. And my favorite part about that is that Mort's uh, mom, her biggest fear is that, what's next? He'll ask to drive? <laughs> like, that's what you're afraid of?
1: Yeah. And I can confirm, Pink Eye is only in this episode. <laughs> pretty, Just looked it
0: up. Pretty sure Pink Eye died. <laughs>
1: Um, so at this point, the kids start going crazy. Clem is growing a full on beard.
0: Yeah, it's been, I think it was nine days at that point. Yeah. And he has a full beard better than I've ever grown any facial hair (laughs) ever.
1: Yeah. Libby, she gets lost in a neighbor's backyard and it's cloudy, so she can't stare at the sun. And I think she like tries to stare at the sun for a few hours and then, uh, falls asleep underneath a bird feeder. Or, a, yeah, a yeah. bird bath, maybe? It was a
0: bird bath. And I don't know why, but that scene was hilarious to me.
1: <laughs> it was like a field of ivy or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, and she's just staring up. Where are you? And Big Pete's narrating over, like, the sun couldn't come out that day or is too tired or something like that. And she, her last words are like, Puny sun, or you're, the sun <laughs> is weak, or something like that, and then she just collapses, and they find her later. But that yep. scene was hilarious to me because she's just lost trying to find the sun, just <laughs> looking up.
1: Yep. So then it's Clem, um, and he l- falls asleep. Literally, he just like face plants forward. Um, and at that point, it's only Pete and Artie left, and um, I think it was it was nighttime. And they start playing flashlight tag again, but um, we forgot to mention that Artie's tactic for staying awake is the radio that he stole from Purvis's bike, his the Krebstar Kreb 2000. <laughs> um, and this radio starts dying. So as it's dying, Artie is starting to get tired.
0: And he, his ability to stay awake is somehow tied to this radio's power. Yep. Because as soon as it dies, he goes into superhero sleep.
1: Yep, super sleep.
0: Super sleep, yeah. A
1: sleep reserved for superheroes.
0: Yeah, and (laughs) so... uh, And he's
1: not on the ground. He's like balancing on one foot with the other foot back and his arms forward like Superman. Yeah,
0: it's like he's about to take off. Yeah. Uh, When Artie goes down, it kind of crushes Little Pete.
1: Yep, he's the last one left. And there are only 53 minutes left to go until he will have stayed awake for 11 hours, but he has no more witnesses. Sorry, I keep saying hours, <laughs> 11 days, and he now has no witnesses.
0: Yeah. And I think that that's actually the problem for him. I don't think he actually wanted to go to sleep then. I'm pretty sure he was just sad because there were no witnesses to mm, say that he broke yeah. the record. It's kind of ambiguous to me. Yeah. Maybe he was tired. Yeah. Sure. But he, and he looked tired. He did, but I think it was just because there were no witnesses to yeah. see him. He needs he needs the audience. That's little Pete's thing. Is he yep. needs that that audience to see him do his stuff.
1: But I mean his friends were in their windows saying like, No, don't fall asleep. Like they were witnesses. I guess they weren't there the whole time.
0: Yeah, he needs someone that kind of saw and could prove that he was doing it the whole time, which Mom wasn't there the whole time, but... Well,
1: she was watching. Like, we saw her with the telescope.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, she's, she's gazing through a telescope yeah. at him.
1: <laughs> yep. So, Pete starts falling backwards, but his mom catches him. And they have a, a little talk about why there's a bedtime and um, about Pete growing up and her not recognizing that. And they decide that maybe he is old enough for a new bedtime, so they start debating and she says ten and he says ten thirty and I think she says ten fifteen and he says eleven. Um and they settle on ten fifteen.
0: Which ten fifteen seems like a, a pretty late bedtime for, for a, a ten, 10 year, year old. old. Yeah. Like it's later than I want to go to sleep now. Oh yeah. I don't I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure that at ten years old though I would have been yeah, stoked to have a ten fifteen bedtime. They're yeah. great, but I'm lame now. So yep, but he uh he may make, he makes it through with his mom plays yep play some yep. flashlight tag with her and he gets it.
1: Yep, his, his mom doesn't let him give up. Um, with only forty nine minutes left, and they play flashlight tag, and that's the end. That's yeah. that's where it ends. He gets what he wanted.
0: Yeah, and it was a nice little way of them kind of showing that oh you know not all all parents are completely unreasonable. Yeah. (laughs) Not all out to get you. you And
1: they also say that um, the rules were there for a reason. Yeah. Like they're looking out for them. So um, that's that episode. Do you want to rate that before we talk about a few other Pete and Pete things?
0: Sure. Uh, I I liked this one a little bit better than the summer episode. Uh, I don't think it was a perfect episode. Yeah. But, you know... We there was a lot of stuff. There was still more Artie, you know, uh, Artie doing Artie things. We got to meet all of Little Pete's friends. Got to see that he has friends who have pink eye. Clearly, uh, all of that stuff. I'm gonna give it four and a half Kreb stars.
1: All right, I I like this one around the same amount that I like the other one, um, possibly a little bit less. Um, so I think I'm going to do. Three point seven five Clem's beards (laughs) out of five Clem's beards. (laughs) I I really liked that beard. (laughs) I mean, I thought it was just like an interesting take on uh, showing the passage of time with a kid growing this giant beard.
0: And it was it was so wispy too. Yeah, it was just this great thing.
1: Yep, cool. Um, So actually, speaking of Clem. Um, I looked him up on IMDb because I definitely remembered him from like other (laughs) nineties things. Um, so he was in mighty ducks, which Danny Tamborelli was also in mighty ducks. Um, but he was also in heavyweights and you know, he was kind of like this bigger kid, but if you look at him now, dude got fit. Yeah. Like he is. Pretty uh, skinny now. What was his his real name? His name is Aaron Schwartz. I'm going to
0: look it up right now so I can (laughs) see.
1: Um, Yeah, he... Oh, dang! (laughs) He still does stuff. um, Not a lot of stuff that I have seen. He was in an episode of Elementary. He was used as a facial reference in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, I don't know exactly what that means other than it probably relates to CGI. Um,
0: young ego
1: he was in a bunch of gossip girl
0: he's a good looking dude
1: yeah (laughs) he definitely got over that uh, fat stage
0: yeah it's like uh, the dude that played Neville (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Just,
0: they they hit puberty and things things turn out well.
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny if you look at the IMDB DB page because there's a picture of him without his shirt on. No, I'm looking at it. And then if you go to the next picture over, it's him in heavyweights.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the picture without his shirt on makes me feel like I haven't worked out in a long time. <laughs> Which is also true.
1: I haven't worked out <laughs> today, but... <laughs> um, oh, man. So one of the other people that plays a friend of Pete is Heather Matarazzo, who um, is in a lot of things that I've seen, um, namely Princess Diaries, which was a big show um, in the early or movie in the early 2000s. Um, the one with, um, what's her name? Uh, Anne Hathaway. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then she was also in Saved, which is legitimately one of my favorite movies. I own it on DVD.
0: That's with Macaulay Culkin, right? Yeah,
1: Macaulay Culkin, uh, Jenna Malone, Mandy Moore. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great movie. Uh, she was only in two episodes, and they were both the ones that we watched. <clears throat> she had, like, a tiny little part in that first episode when they were talking about... She was the one who had the theory about um, Mr. Tasty having been married to Cher.
0: Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, so what do you know about the band?
1: Oh, the band Polaris? Yes. So they do this, the theme song called Hey Sandy. I don't know what any of the words are in this song.
0: No one does. It's okay. (laughs) What else do you know about them?
1: That is literally all I know.
0: Well, that's because they were a fake band. Oh, they were a fake band who did that and released the music from the adventures of Pete and Pete album. No. And that's it until, uh, (laughs) 2014 when they went on their first tour, Tour. <laughs> yes, they went on a tour in 2014. Uh, they went on. The, it was their first tour, performing the same stuff from Pete and Pete.
1: Are there more songs than Hey Sandy?
0: Yeah, there was an entire album that they had wow. from it. Uh, so they, they, they were literally a a band that was just they were they were Nickelodeon's house band essentially because of Pete and Pete. They were just there oh. for that and. And so they didn't do anything else. Like I don't know how that came about. That yeah. I I couldn't find how they they were part of the Pete and Pete reunion in 2012. Um. And so then they decided to to just go on a tour together. They they're like, you know what? Why don't we do it? They 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 unveiled some new songs. Interesting. Then. Um. But they kind of go through and just do their. If you want to see a picture of what they look like now, let me tell you. <laughs>
1: They look about what I would expect,
0: yeah, it's uh they look a
1: little bit like aged uh rocker guys, I mean, no disrespect, they put on a little bit of weight, maybe I don't know what they looked like before, necessarily. I know they're in that um theme song, but
0: i I knew it was Polaris, I did not know that they were a fake band though, which is which is ridiculous that they were just <laughs> and they didn't do that,
1: yep, I had no idea, <clears throat> um. Well, the stars of this show, Michael Morona and Danny Tamborelli, they now have their own podcast, which is called The Adventures of Danny and Mike, which I haven't actually listened to it. But I feel like they're probably coming out at the right time, capitalizing on the um, now they have like the splat block of TV on like Teen Nick or something like that, where they play 90s. Nickelodeon shows at like midnight um so I think they did a lot of promotional stuff around that and maybe that's when they got back together to do this podcast
0: I wish that they would come with a new new thing of all that because that's what I really remember Danny Tamborelli from is all that and figure it out
1: yes he was he was definitely on figure it out a lot
0: yeah Oh, man,
1: I I wanted to be on Figure It Out so bad.
0: You should have had a dog that could open up a garage door with its (laughs) nose or something like that. Uh, Or a squirrel feeder that also hunted hummingbirds and released them into the wild. Uh,
1: I only remember one squirrel from that show, and it was a squirrel that water skied. Uh, I also remember a kid who invented a hat that had toilet paper rolls on it, and I feel like I definitely could have picked something better than that if I had put any thought into it
0: yeah i I definitely remember a lot of the things in there were really really dumb <laughs> but Danny Temperley was always on that one uh and uh, I I truly just remember him from all that mostly though I knew he was on Pete and Pete first yeah but all that was all that was a big thing for me back then so I just remember him from there because he would he came in in the in the opening credits in a suit and hat. And yeah. I was like, oh, he looks so cool in that.
1: Well, we'll get to all that eventually. Yeah. Um, so the only other thing that I really had was um, while I was doing some research, um, I saw that there's a documentary that's coming out called The Orange Years that is about Nickelodeon in like this 90s time. Um, so like all the stuff with Snick, And it has all of these people in it um, I guess, being interviewed. So definitely Danny Tamborelli is in it. And I don't see... I'm not looking at the full cast right here, but um, yeah, I don't see... Oh, no, Michael Morona is in it too. But it's like Melissa Joan Hart, Keenan Thompson, um, Lori Beth Denberg, Cal Mitchell, Coolio.
0: Coolio, yes. So
1: I feel like this is definitely something that we're going to have to watch and possibly do an episode about.
0: Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Anything that has to go, because that you think about it, that was such a big formative part of just growing up yeah. at that time was all these shows on on SNCC and all the stuff from like that that yep. era. You it was an like, event.
1: I mean, yeah. you couldn't we we didn't have TiVo DVRs back then. There was no internet to watch these shows, so you had to watch on Saturday nights.
0: Yeah. If you, if you missed an episode of something and then people were talking about it at school, you're like, oh, I guess I'll have to wait until the reruns come on at yeah. some point. There's no other, no other way of going through and figuring that stuff out.
1: Yep. Yeah. I just had Nickelodeon on literally like all the time. So, um, yeah.
0: All right. And, uh, well, that is, that is our show. That has been Thank Fucking God It's Friday.
1: T-F-G-I-F.
0: And we will be back next week to talk about what show?
1: SpongeBob
0: SquarePants. Only one season coming out in the 90s, but I... It makes the cut. It makes the cut because that first season was beautiful.
1: And I have actually never really seen SpongeBob, so Drew will be teaching me a lot about this cartoon that... I mean, it's definitely a big thing with um, a lot of people. And it's still on today, right?
0: It is still on today.
1: So, yeah. We'll, We'll get into it. And, yeah...
0: Thank you for listening.
1: Cool. Bye. Hey, 90s kids. We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far, and we're excited to continue on this nostalgic trip. We want it to be about you, too, though. Let us know what you're thinking by sending an email to tfgifpodcast at gmail.com. You can share your own 90s TV-related memories, ask us questions, suggest we cover a specific show or episode, give us feedback. Maybe be nice about that, though, as we're pretty fragile people. You can also follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at TFGIFpodcast. And if you could please rate and review us on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it so we can try to reach even more people who love the best decade ever. Until next Friday, bye!